Hey everyone, I'm Jeff Zeleny, CNN Chief National Affairs Correspondent, in for David Chalian. And this is the CNN Political Briefing. Here's what you need to know in politics for Thursday, June 15th. The Republican presidential field keeps growing, and the other big candidate in the race, President Biden, is hitting the road for his re-election campaign. There's one number you need to know, 11. That's how many Republicans are running to be the presidential nominee, with Miami Mayor Francis Suarez becoming the latest to jump in. America's so-called leaders confuse being loud with actually leading. All Washington wants to do is fight with each other instead of fighting for the people that put them in office. I'm going to run for president. I'm going to run for your children and mine. Let's give them the future they deserve. Suarez made his bid official by releasing a campaign video early this morning, and he'll deliver a speech at the Reagan Library in California tonight, making the case for generational change. And in the video, you see the 45-year-old mayor actually running through the streets of Miami, trying to project himself as a leader for a new generation of the Republican Party. He said that as much when I sat down with him for an interview last year. A forward-looking message, he said, is key to the party's growth. There's absolutely no doubt. Uh, that relitigating the 2020 election is not going to be a recipe for success for the Republican Party. I think having a, a vision, uh, understanding that this could be a generational moment for the country where you know people are passing the baton from one generation to the next uh, creates generational opportunities for, for many people in this country. He was talking, of course, about former President Donald Trump, who he didn't vote for in 2016 or 2020. That is something that could come back to haunt him on this Republican presidential campaign trail. But he's also focusing on the other candidates in the race. Now, he is only one year older than Ron DeSantis, and Nikki Haley, who's 51, constantly points out to voters she thinks it's also time to usher in a new generation of Republican leaders. There is no doubt he has many challenges ahead of him. For one, he must make up for lost time jumping into the crowded field this late in the game. And he has very limited experience on the national stage although he has been the leader of the American Conference of Mayors, traveling across the country, listening to concerns, and making his name known. He also has to hit polling and fundraising thresholds. This is key, and there's a sense of urgency. Here's why. The Republican National Committee announced earlier this month the first Republican primary debate will take place August 23rd in Milwaukee. Of course, that is the site of next summer's Republican National Convention. Now, this debate will be on Fox News. They'll have a second debate the next day if too many candidates qualify to fit on one stage. The candidates must check these three boxes at least 48 hours before the debate in order to qualify. RNC Chair Ronna McDaniel broke down the first two criteria on Fox News today. You have to be at least 1% in three national polls. You also have to have 40,000 small-dollar donations. I do think that that will be a hurdle for some of these Is challengers. Is 1% but- really easy to do, though? I don't think 1% is that easy to do with some of these folks who don't have national name ID. So that's going to be a challenge for them before August. The RNC says the last debate requirement for candidates is to sign a so-called loyalty pledge to support the eventual nominee. That has been a sticking point with many of the candidates, particularly of those like Chris Christie and Asa Hutchinson, who say they believe that Donald Trump should not be president again. So should he become the nominee, they have raised questions about if they will sign. But in the end, their advisors say they want to qualify for the debate stage, so that is something that they may have to just swallow. Trump, however, is another story. We've reported over the last month that he is privately discussing skipping either the first or second Republican presidential debate. 
Largely, he may not want to appear on the same stage with others, giving a chance to elevate some of his rivals. But we will see. There's always the question of can he ignore the oxygen and airtime that come with appearing on a nationally televised debate stage. Speaking of oxygen, Trump's indictment has taken up almost all of it in the last week, and he's gotten a bit of a boost in the short term. A Trump campaign spokesman tells CNN that they've raised over $7 million since he was indicted on federal charges related to his handling of classified documents. Now, of course, there's no way to verify that exact number. We won't see his total fundraising haul until after the second quarter is finished. However, they clearly have been circling the Republican wagons and raising considerable money. And Trump also announced his first big campaign rally since his indictment will be held July 1st in South Carolina. Here's why this location is important. South Carolina, of course, is the first Southern primary. It's coming after the Iowa caucuses and the New Hampshire primary early next year. Of course, he also has two key rivals from the state, former Governor Nikki Haley and South Carolina Senator Tim Scott. But the former president won there in 2016 and 2020, and he clearly wants to try and shore up his support in the South. This raises a critical point. In the aftermath of the indictment, Republicans running against Trump are desperately trying to change the subject. But of course, they are asked about this constantly. And now this has become part of the campaign. So as Mayor Suarez hits the campaign trail, he's joining other Republican candidates, clearly eager to make their own cases here. But the next two weeks are a critical fundraising period before the second quarter of the year ends in June. So the campaign trail has been relatively quiet as many candidates are out raising money and trying to talk about anything but Trump. That does not mean that the indictment is still not hanging over the race in most every way. There's no doubt some Republicans believe the indictments will help Trump politically, but others believe there is a sense of exhaustion, Trump fatigue, and drama that voters are looking to move beyond. But the biggest point of all is the size of the field. With Mayor Suarez jumping in and the possibility of at least one or two other candidates still waiting in the wings, the size of this field benefits Trump more than any other rival. That was a key concern on the mind of Bob Vanderplatz. He's the president of the Family Leader, an influential Iowa evangelical group who meets with all the presidential candidates. He believes it's time for Republicans to turn the page. This is what he told me last week. Well, a big field is concerning if they all stay in. Uh, but I think all these national leaders are seeing there's an opportunity here. I think America is interested in somebody not named Donald Trump. So my concern is, so how many get in? It's when do they get out? And when do, when, and when do they give America a clear choice between the former president and an alternative? So interesting. He's not as concerned about when candidates get in, but when they get out. That is always a complicated factor because, of course, it's dealing with a presidential candidate's ego. The type of person who looks in the mirror thinking, I can be president, it's often hard to get them out of the race. Of course, we're getting ahead of ourselves. The field will remain quite large as we go into the summer and even early fall months, and it could change later in the year. While Trump's indictment hangs over the Republican race, many Democrats have largely been staying quiet on it, most notably the Biden re-election campaign. They've made the decision not to fundraise off of Trump's indictment and arrest. Biden campaign manager Julia Chavez Rodriguez stood by that decision in an interview at CNN, saying, It's so important that we restore the integrity of the Department of Justice and ensure that they are an independent entity and agency and they continue to do their jobs in these most critical moments. A bit of translation here, they're not touching this. That's also keeping in line with the policy of the White House, simply not commenting on the Trump indictment. One of the reasons? 
They simply don't want to add fuel to that fire. They also want to maintain the independent branch of the Justice Department, which is entirely separate from the White House. But the president will be holding a re-election rally, his first of the year, in Philadelphia on Saturday, and next week he's hitting the road, fundraising in California. He too faces that critical deadline of the end of the month to show fundraising strength in the second quarter of the year. Of course, he announced his re-election bid earlier this year, so it's critical to his efforts to show that Democrats are indeed behind him. So the president, the first lady, the vice president, the second gentleman, they'll all be embarking on their own fundraising blitz, hitting almost two dozen fundraisers before the end of the month. You may wonder why all the fundraising right now, since Democrats have no major challenger, at least at this point. It's because the White House and the president also keeping an eye on the general election campaign. Whether it's Trump or one of the other Republican rivals, they know this will be the most expensive campaign on record. And they must show fundraising muscle now as they head into the summer months. That's it for today's political briefing. Thanks so much for listening. If you like the show, please consider rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. We'll talk to you tomorrow.